Hey everyone, hey and welcome back to yet another episode of Alpha Metallica. This is your host Tom, thank you so much for listening, thank you so much for supporting in whatever way you do, be it on the Twitter, at MetallicaPod, be it subscribing, commenting, sharing with your friends, leaving a review on iTunes, or Patreon. Patreon is greatly appreciated, I want to say big shout out to Rob Zam- Zamowski, Zam- I'm butchering your name Rob, I'm very sorry, you were generous enough to donate to me on Patreon, he's a new patron, shout out Rob Z, that makes it a bit easier to say. Um, yeah, patreon.com forward slash alpha metallica if you want to support the show anything that goes in the channel goes in there first you help to support us financially help to keep us online um we put basically everything on there initially so at the moment there is our music videos review me and sam wild did our second one so we're doing sort of the load reload videos mama said memory remains hero of the day you know all the other ones you've seen i've never actually seen the fuel video before until we did that episode last week and um we weren't kind so uh check that out that'll be on the channel soon but if you want to see that first it's on the patreon and um yeah you know if you're new to the show we're putting the entire back catalog and alphabetical order going through song by song by song uh today we're on a new letter we're on d we're doing damage case which is actually a, a, a motorhead cover and i'm very excited to also have a returning guest uh we initially did broken beat and scarred and now he's back for this one logan how's it going man good good thanks for having me on again I, I, of course, man. And, you know, I must ask broadly, just out of interest, they mean a lot to Metallica. What, what does Motorhead mean to you? Um, Motorhead, to me, I I think I actually ended up getting into them from Metallica. And so a lot of the, a lot of it contextually is kind of tied to Metallica about, okay, let me see how they either influenced or have any kind of through line with that. So, you know, it, it's almost a similar case as like with somebody like the Misfits, mm. where... Uh, I knew them before, saw the logo, had maybe heard one or two songs, but didn't really actually get into them uh, until uh, till through Metallica. Yeah, yeah, me too. I, um, I, I think a lot of people in my sort of age, I discovered them through Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3, actually. Um, I remember Ace of Spades was on the soundtrack, and um, it was just constantly playing in the background, so I got into them there. And uh, I remember seeing them, I saw Foo Fighters in 2006 in Hyde Park, and they supported them. Um, it was like the main support, so that was pretty cool. And actually, got to think of it, I had a few run-ins with Motorhead. I'm not really confused. I used to work at my university in Liverpool. I worked in sort of the gig venue, and I remember Motorhead played once, and we were there sort of, you know, cleaning up whatever before they came in. And Lemmy was on stage, like just doing a sound check. And by God, uh, the gurgle of his bass is something to behold. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, you really got me jealous now because... Um, for the longest time, Foo Fighters and Motorhead were both on my top ten of haven't seen them yet, but want to see right. the live bands. And unfortunately now, it's not going to be the case with Motorhead, but Foo yeah. Fighters is still on there. But especially for them to both be on the same bill. Yeah. Uh, that's really something. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, God, it was so, it was it was a long, long time ago. Uh, I was I had to have a chaperone. I was that young. But I remember um, Angel and Airwaves played as well, which are kind of like, Tom DeLong from Blink-182, his sort of splinter band. And I remember he played a song and then he started to do this big speech about, like, America's wars and stuff. And he got, like, booed horribly. So it was quite, uh, you know, having Lemmy come on and do some god old fashioned rock roll. Maybe they play Damage Case. I can't really remember. The only thing I remember is him saying, here's an old blues song. And then kicking into Ace of Spades straight away. So, um, so yeah, dear listeners, we are doing uh, Damage Case today, which is, um, you know, a Motorhead song initially uh, from 1979, I think, from Overkill. And... 
just before we get into the song, um, of course, the best way to get in touch with me is MetallicaPod at gmail.com. If you want to come on the show, if you want to discuss a song, if you want to discuss anything Metallica-based, live concerts, you know, movies or Lars and who wants to be in there. Well, not that specifically because we've already done that, but something of that similar trivial, uh, you know, uh, tint there. Um, And yeah, I just want to get into two quick emails. The first one's from Matt Bird. He says, hey, Tom, was just wondering if you're a Megadeth fan. If so, on a scale, one to ten, how much? I'm a solid nine. I love them. They saved me when I was sick of Metallic and gave me some fresh music. Matt, um, we have spoke. So obviously I've answered this, but I'm answering this for the listeners. Megadeth to me. You know, uh, from a historical standpoint, I'm intrigued by the band infinitely. I think the story of Dave and James and Lars is incredibly fascinating. It's almost Hollywood-esque. But I think musically, Megadeth are an incredible band for me. To a certain level, like for me, after Euthanasia, which I think is one of the most slept-on albums in the history of rock music. I know that's a big statement. I know it's Megadeth. I know they're a big band. I know everyone says Countdown to Extinction. Everyone says Rust in Peace. Euthanasia is the album for me. I think it's an unbelievable record, a terrific guitar record. Some of the best riffing, and Marty Friedman is out of the world on that thing, and just yeah, Nick Menza, the whole, the whole band are insane. So I like them up to a certain point, and then after that, I've got to say... I don't really, yeah, nothing I've really heard since has really grabbed me as such. Um, um, What about you, Logan? Are you a Megadeth fan? I am. Uh, It's actually interesting. I'm not as much a Megadeth fan as I am a Metallica fan. With Metallica, I can enjoy and have thoughts on every single track, whereas with the Megadeth songs, it's really going to be more the songs that either everyone knows or like the big two or three songs off of every album. Mm -hmm. I actually ended up seeing, uh, actually, believe it or not, Euthanasia was actually the big album for me as well. Right. Um, I actually saw them live before I saw Metallica. Um, what was the album after? Was it Cryptic Writings? Uh, yes, I think you're right. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I saw them in Amarillo, Texas. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, cause, and, and I think part of it was probably because Metallica didn't really go down. You know, they would hit the bigger cities in Texas, mm. whereas uh, mm. Megadeth would hit Amarillo. And they were actually um, supported by Cold Chamber. Right. And it was really interesting because uh, at that time, new metal was just starting to get a little bit bigger. And so the crowd reaction for Cold Chamber was actually a little bit bigger for um, uh, yeah, for them than, than it was for Megadeth. But I actually saw them when, um, oh, what was the big album that ha- that happened about five years ago? The one before 13. Um, oh, um, was it Super Collide? I don't really know their back. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, they did have quite a big record, didn't they? But um, yeah. I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, dear Rattlehead fanatics are going to scream the ass <laughs> right now. But, but, but yeah, I'm, you know, Megadeth for me, Matt. As I say, like, you know, it's, it's specifically P cells. I really like so far, so good, so what? Um, you know, I obviously Rust in Peace is incredible. You know, unbelievably good album. Tornado of Souls. The guitar solo in that song is one of my all-time favorite guitar solos. I think it, it, it's insane it gets me so excited when i listen to it it just gives me such such chills so so yeah megadeth we'll do a megadeth episode definitely i'd like to do a dave episode as well i'd like to get dave mustaine on the bloody podcast but of course i don't think he's uh responding to it i want to apologize publicly as well to um ron mcgovney i've been flat out harassing that guy on twitter asking him to come on the show and he's ignored me every time so 
I've got the message loud and clear. Maybe there's not going to be a, uh, a Ron McGovney episode. But um, uh, next episode, uh, next email, I should say, comes from uh, Kevin, Kevin Van Dam, who is a, is a patron, uh, a good friend of the show. He says, Tom, every time I listen to your episodes, I immediately want to delve into whatever song you and your guests discuss, especially the last one, because I really like Cyanide. My question is, are you able to insert the song at the end of the episode in its entirety, or is that prohibited by things like YouTube or copyright issues? I don't think I'm alone when I queue up the song immediately after your podcast with a fresh, critical listen mindset if it's possible i think it would be a worthwhile addition to the production thank you as always and we all appreciate your work as a standard bearer for the metallica family well kevin thank you so much uh, especially for that sign up it's very gracious of you to say um i you know i do i do a few other podcasts um i do a battle rap podcast which is kind of my main podcast that i do and um I've had a bit of bad experiences in that, um, putting clips of stuff in it and stuff not getting taken down but flagged or held or for review. And, you know, Battle Rap's very small compared to Metallica. And I know these guys, you know, guard their copyright fastidiously. So maybe it wouldn't be the best mode of address for me to include songs. It's also just me being a bit lazy, really, and not really wanting to put the song at the end, but, um, you know, maybe in the future we can dabble with clips here and there, but, you know, I think for the time being we're uh, not going to do that here at Alpha Metallica HQ. So, yeah, that's the emails. Um, please get in touch with me, metallicapod at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you guys, not only if you want to come on the show, but just what have you thought about you know, opinions on songs, do you disagree, do you agree, always great to hear from you, so, um, yeah, just a bit of context, obviously, uh, to build this out in terms of Motorhead, because Motorhead, rather than, we've done quite a few covers so far, you know, we've looked at, we've looked at bands like, um, you know, Budgie, and, and Diamond Head, and Blitzkrieg, and stuff like that, but Motorhead are one of those incredibly, really, really top-tier important bands from Metallica, and, um, I was reading Mick Wall, as I always am, Mick Wall's excellent Enter Night, uh, Metallica biography, and there's some great stuff about Lars and Metallica, so here we go, quote, according to Receive Wisdom, Lars Ulrich ended his summer sojourn in the UK, this is when he was like a young teenager, by somehow finagling his way into Jackson's studio in Rixmansworth, where another of his favourite bands, Motorhead, were in the process of recording their Iron Fist album. Speaking now, though, Motorhead leader Lemmy says that he has no quote or no record, sorry, no recollection at all of Lars being there in the studio when recording the album. I'm not saying he wasn't, he says, but it's so long ago, my memory is very hazy that period, before adding... But if Lars says he was there, then I won't contradict him. What Lemmy does recall, however, is a very young and fresh-faced Lars Ulrich turning up at several gigs during the West Coast leg of the band's first tour of America, supporting Mm. Ozzy Osbourne early that same year, just weeks before Lars left for the UK. This would tally with Brian Tatler's recollection of Lars taking him to see Motorhead during his stay that summer when the band headlined Port Vale Football Ground, where, in a reverse of the situation in America, Ozzy Osbourne was now the opening special guest. And this is... um, this is Brian saying, quote, Lars told me he knew Lemmy and would be able to blag a couple of passes. So they took the train to Stoke-on-Trent where Lars did indeed see Lemmy and got both himself and Brian backstage passes for the show. I first met Lars, confirms Lemmy, in 1981. It was definitely before Metallica were even together. The first occasion was in my hotel room in Los Angeles. He introduced himself as the guy who ran the Motorhead fan club in America. Well, it turned out this was an unofficial branch of the Motorhead bangers and he was the only member. He never actually had anything to do with the official fan club, although he obviously loved the band. The meeting will always stay in my mind because he wanted to have a drink with me and clearly wasn't used to drinking my measures so he threw up it wasn't that bad and I didn't make him clear up or anything like that I did insist that he wore a bib for the rest of his time with me in the room he adds with a smirk oddly he threw up the next time we met as well he hadn't got any better at this drinking lark maybe I should have offered him to give him some lessons or perhaps it's a strange Danish greeting I do recall one night it must have been in about 1985 when I met up with Lars at the St. Moritz Club in central London 
in London. Anyone who knew anything about me always know I'll go down there on the fruit machine. Lars came down and insisted we go drink for drink, and I think he paid for most of it, so okay, we did it, and he ended up virtually passing out. Give the kid credit, though. He kept coming back for more. I mean, Logan, not only is that a testament to the incredible personality, the charisma of Lars, but it's just wonderful, isn't it, that this band that they adored from this early era, and James is the same, became a band that they would cover, that they would pay homage to? Oh, yeah, no, it's 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 so great to see as hard partying and as rock and roll as they were, they were still willing to kind of take on the next generation to kind of, you know, yep, come along with us, party with us, do all this stuff. And then it's so great to see later on where Metallica is, you know, one of the biggest bands in the world and is still willing to be like, yep, this, this is our guy. This is our band. This, this is really one of our big influences. Mm, mm, yeah, yeah, in- incredibly so. And, j- and just just another uh, shorter quote from from the same book. Not only Lars, um, but it was Cliff as well. Quote. Uh, Lemmy, whose rumbling bass in Motorhead Cliff was enthralled to, primarily for the guitar-like way Lemmy played and the technique he utilised to bring distortion into his heavy-handed riffing. And I think I saw an article as well recently um, from like the Hardwired sort of interviews, and it was James was saying Metallica would not exist without Motorhead. I mean, this is one of the real integral pieces of the history, isn't it? Oh, for sure. You know, I mean, if, especially early starting out Metallica, you know, you can maybe on it on on one hand count the big big influences and motorhead is definitely would probably be in the top two or three mm-hmm. and um i mean you know a little bit of I'll, I'll test you a little bit logan i appreciate you've been doing research you, you might know this already but um metallica fans everywhere listening um uh, damage case when was it released uh, where did it get its initial release for metallica uh, on the hero of the day limited edition uh single that i believe that it was more or less called motor headache is that right yes yes we've got a real fan in our midst yeah <laughs> um yeah yeah you're right you're completely right I, I initially thought it might have gone the way of say blitzkrieg like a sort of early creeping death style b-side but it is um from 95 this is the song itself the recording now uh, obviously i knew it you know from, from, from garage inc etc but i wasn't too familiar with it and as i always do with these songs that i'm not too aware of i'll go on youtube read the comments see what the vibe is I don't know if you've checked yourself, Logan, but a lot of the comments on the YouTube video are quite negative towards James's vocal performance. Personally, I, I think it's quite fine. You know, I, I well, as, as, as much as I can, I usually try not to read uh, YouTube comments, but just, just in watching the video, um, yeah, no, I think, I think they're just fine. And especially this era of James is pretty peak quality. So, you know, mm. I thought it, you know, and I don't know if, it's just looking back or being used to Lemmy's particular uh, vocal qualities. But yeah. no, I think for, for what it is, I think it's really good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we get into the song itself, which, I mean, even if you've never heard this song, if I describe it as a Motorhead song, you'll kind of know what I mean. It's kind of blues rocky. It's not metal per se. I guess you could say it's kind of that first wave of British heavy metal to a certain extent, but it's not thrashy you know it's just kind of burner burner it's kind of got quite a classic budgie-esque quality to it to a certain extent it's anchored on that riff and you know for me one of the things that i really like about the song is 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 the lyrical content where it's kind of about a lunatic who's escaped and seeking refuge in romance yeah it it's it's interesting too and and i don't know if if you saw this as well but uh the lyrics are actually written by mick farron right uh, as, as opposed to lemmy which i guess He'd, he'd help Lemmy with a couple songs. I know he did, uh, I think, Lost Johnny with him when uh, Lemmy was still in, in Hawkwind. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but yeah, no, it, it, but it, it does almost have this like, and, and looking back on like blues rock, it it does almost sound like something that could be like a uh, like a Jerry Lee Lewis or like a little Richard kind of yeah like, yeah definitely you know l- let me let me come over and sit next to you here little girl kind <laughs> of kind of kind of thing, but yeah no but even coming from Metallica it is kind of weird I'm I'm not sure that I I know that very many songs there's that start out you know hey babe mm, mm. yeah yeah yeah. All I want is some special care. Uh, I'm on the run from some, and like again, again, it's like I love hearing Hetfield sing the word institution. Like you know, <laughs> the, the certain the certain words that just uh, sound so brilliant coming out of his mouth. And you know, altogether, it's it's a rocker. It's a chugger. There's not too much inventive stuff here. There's there's the kind of the anchored riff, as I say, on the E, and then there's the classic songwriter's tool when you don't know where to go with a song. The key change. And, yep. it, you know, I mean, what, what do you think of it musically, Damage Case? Um, I always tend to think of it along, along the same kind of like old rock and blues where it, it almost kind of seems like if you think about the old, old blues where they would have like a line and then a little lick on the end. Right. And then it, it's almost that kind of thing. Although in, in rock and heavy metal, you can almost just do, you know, some chugging and then have a little lick, you know, whenever, whenever you're done with the line. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so this kind of, to me, almost feels like that the step in the chain of old old blues blues rock into hard rock into heavy metal and kind of motorhead being you know a, a nice little link in that chain yeah yeah definitely and i mean yeah as if to corroborate that blues thing like the way the song kind of pauses after the chorus then you hear lemmy's bass going dung, 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 you know sort of descending and providing that sort of that 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 bridge and yeah yeah i mean it's nothing like kind of special and i don't mean that in a denigrating way i just mean kind of it's it, it's kind of you sort of know where you are with the song as soon as you hear it it's not going to take any outwardly you know interesting moves and we just get some ripping solos as well which kind of you know uh, pull their weight to a certain extent like I, I like i like when the chords come after and it kind of has a bit of a heavy kind of crash to it you can definitely see why this would influence um young uh Ulrich and hetfield right oh for sure um and then now, one of the things that I was wondering is that I, I, I couldn't find an official video of when they actually recorded it live, which is for the rehearsals for the 50th uh, birthday bash for Lemmy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that in the um, that you had sent me that that YouTube of them in was it Nashville? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was neat to see that Kirk did the first solo, but then James did the yeah. second. solo. And so I'm, I'm wondering if that's the way that it was played on the uh, on the release as well. Yeah, I was curious of that, although the second solo um has quite a lot of wire on it which i don't think is really james's bag so i don't know if if that was maybe but but i i did think that as well when i was looking back because yeah there are two sort of solos playing us out there and you mentioned the clip which um you know i sent to you before and i want to urge everyone listening search literally in your youtube bar now pause this episode search metallica and motorhead there is an incredible 10 minute video where basically as you say they're in nashville tennessee 2009 uh, world magnetic tour and you get to see them practice with Lemmy and then you get to see them performing on stage and let's talk about that that video a little bit like I, I especially like the early moments because you have them in the you know the, the room that they're always in the sound check room before they go on stage I love when you see Rob like inspecting Lemmy's bass as if it's like this mythic like <laughs> artifact yeah no it, it, it's almost like he's like wants to reach out because he almost wants to touch it but then is like yeah. <laughs> kind of th- thinks better of it but actually the, one of the things that really stuck out to me was um 
also the playing between uh, Rob and Lemmy, because if you look at Rob, you really see him working like the, his, his fret fingers on each note where, mm. he, you know, you can really see a lot of action, whereas Lemmy is very kind of not restrained, but it's like he knows what he's doing. He's, oh, yeah. he's, he's really got it there. And, you know, if he has to move his fingers around, that's fine. But if he's going to be playing the same note, he's just going to let those fingers rest there. Yeah. And I don't know how much of Rob was trying to be like, all right, this is a big deal. So I really got to, you know, put yeah. my A game look like i'm really you know going at it yeah 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 i mean you know to put it into context it'd be like any metal band now and james hetfield comes in and you play sad but true with him like you know they are clearly in awe of this guy and i like seeing james like he's so giddy when he's rehearsing and um when james goes up to lemmy's mic which is you know characteristically angled down isn't it and he struggles to sort of sing to it <laughs> yeah i always i always wondered how much that changes kind of any kind of vocal quality or even mm. kind of what what the uh what the story behind that is because that's not something that you see very often if i'm remembering no. correct no 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 not at all and I, I i know lemmy himself has a storied history i think he was Jimi hendrix's roadie um before yep. hawkwind and i watched a documentary of him recently he was talking about how jimmy every night would sort of smash his pedals so hard that one of their jobs is to like tape them back together for the next show and you know so yeah he's he's been around the block many many times and um as, as a guns and roses fan as well in this uh, rehearsal space matt sorum's there for some reason yeah just, see, like, just hanging out, yeah, just, hanging out just like the usual illusion era drummers just there like why not i guess you know yeah, I don't know if he's based if he was based out of there at the time yeah. or was passing through. But yeah, it, it was it was neat to see that. I'm I'm sure he was just as happy to be there as you know as anyone else. Mm -hmm. And again, YouTube comments, you know, they're very hateful, but they're very useful. And on this video, which has like four million views, which I mean, it's Metallica, it's Mohead, of course, it's going to be highly viewed. But um, people pointing out that Lemmy doesn't acknowledge Rob. But it seems to be because Lars basically says to Lemmy as he comes in, oh, Matt Sorum's there. I don't think it was a slight on Lemmy's part. Yeah, no, I didn't either. But also a certain part of me wonders how much interaction they've had before. Mm. Whereas, you know, with Lars and James, obviously they're going to be oh, yeah. a lot more comfortable. Um, and, you know, Kirk, you know, even maybe just even passing, they're, they're going to have some interaction, whereas Rob might kind of be, you know, the new guy. And so that might be a little bit more of, Hi, nice to see you. All right, let's go ahead and go. Yeah, yeah. I think Lemmy was like, "Where's Jason?" Like Lemmy probably didn't even know. <laughs> like you know, <laughs> didn't even didn't even realize. And, and Rob's sort of getting his getting his crab on at certain times. And, and 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 as you say, what brought us into this is James doing the solo. And God damn, James tears it up on this solo. For sure, yeah. No, there's always something neat about you know, just even even in um, certain songs. You know, like nothing else matters. Some of the solos and. Uh, even like the middle part in Master of Puppets. Oh, yeah. Um, I think he even does, what is it, uh, Whiskey in the Jar? Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, being able to hear hear that is just just his phrasing and everything. It's not something that I would say, yeah, let's get a whole album of it. But whenever he does it, it's really, it's, you know, obviously it's James Hetfield. So yeah. <laughs> it's, it's really good. Yeah, it's a rare treat, isn't it? And like, you don't see him... Like you, you mentioned like the master or the nothing else matters. They're quite soulful. They're quite melodic. You know, they're, they're, the phrasing's delicate. Here he's just ripping. Like he's just shredding to a certain extent. And it's just great to see him like, you know, playing really fast and, you know, doing really well. And all in all, I just, I, I, I adore seeing all these guys playing because you see, you know, James and Lemmy just side by side sort of thing. And in a sense... You know, it's generational, isn't it? They're both figureheads of a certain era of this sort of sort of music. Oh yeah, no, it's 
I mean, there isn't going to be anybody who even has a passing interest in rock music who isn't going to know both of those logos mm-hmm. or a couple of songs, you know, just as soon as they see or hear them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and um, you know, in, in, there's another video as well, which basically is, is from the same day, where you get to see them on stage. Um, you know, a, a, a Lemmy chant is gone. You know, James is very boyish here when they come out, and they they kill it live as well. Like they they speed it up. Damage case. I watched um motorhead playing at some festival on youtube in like 2002 and they do a bit more of a sort of you know classical version here but like god damn i just i I love the fact that metallica just you know that they show such respect to their forefathers and uh, it's a brilliant thing to see oh yeah no and and i'm and i'm sure as worldly as metallica is as much as they've experienced as much as they've done and experienced if they'd get to do you know a live couple songs with lemmy on the big stage they're going to be so excited and i could definitely understand if that kind of would be what sped them up a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah and um the actual uh garage ink version is actually 40 seconds longer than the motorhead version i'm not quite sure why i guess it's through the solos and stuff like that and james going wait at the end (laughs) <laughs> um, we get we get some sort of ad lib, uh, you know, Ala Hetfield as always. Not a song they've played live much at all. Um, they played. No, it was it only three times? Three times. Um, the last time they played it was in the Nashville, which is you know, frankly, documented really well. They also do "Too Late, Too Late," uh, another Motorhead song, um, which is a pretty cool song actually. I've not heard that before, but it's a, a bit more of a groover. Um, than uh than damage case but yeah they played it debuted it december 14th 95 in west hollywood and the last time they played it they also played it in um in austria in 2006 for some reason who knows why but you know that that's their sort of thing but um yeah any any closing thought i mean there's not too much sound the song is there but any closing thoughts on damage case uh no just how nice it is to see um them really paying respect and i was actually thinking about this the other day about if if i would want them to because you know they've, they've done a couple of the, the cover medleys before mm-hmm. um, but i kind of feel like especially because i think whenever they did the 50th birthday bash i think they did six motorhead songs right um six or seven and so um i almost kind of wonder if for them that this kind of like okay that's you know even though we've released four of them we got a couple other ones that's kind of out of our system so I, I i don't know if we would get any more but what we have is really good yeah yeah because i mean you know, they have Overkill, uh, Stone Dead Forever, and Too Late, Too Late as well. So I think that's probably the band they've covered the most, really. Um, although they've kind of covered a lot of bands twice, they haven't covered really anything four times. Uh, actually, Ramones, I guess they've done that sort of that sort of gamut as well. But but yeah, it's just it's just wonderful, really, to have sort of a lesson in metal history through Metallica and to see what sort of stuff they're into. And um, yeah, watch this video again, guys. Even if you've you've heard Damage Case a lot, check out this Nashville stuff as well. Um. Logan, I don't know. Did I ask you this before? Because I, 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 kind of a newer thing on the show that I've started doing. I guess I could tell this the big four questions in some sort of lame tie-in. Um, did I ask you what your favorite Metallica song was? Uh, I don't think so, but no. um, but, but but for me, it's it's Creeping Death. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm trying to think if, and it, and it's really almost kind of like if you if you would make a list of every Metallica song, it's almost going to be Creeping Death and then everything else. Yeah. So it's definitely one that that wins by a mile. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, Creeping Death Orion for me would be top two. But yeah, I think in terms of song song rather than just instrumental track, it kind of has to be Creeping Death, doesn't it? It's just, it's yeah, it's electrifying. And um, question two then is your favorite album, favorite Metallica album? 
Uh, Ride the Lightning. Ride the Lightning with Load having a special place in my heart because that was kind of my, my intro album. Okay. So I, I totally understand that it's going to be something ju- just for me. Okay. And so, yeah, <laughs> it, it, even, even, even when I was hearing the, uh, the top 10 episode, I was like, nope. Even if it's down at the bottom of the list for other people, I totally get. It. No, 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 I get. It. I mean, Alpha Talica has a bias against load and reload. I appreciate that. Um, I'm getting someone on soon. Actually, we're going to do a load era episode. We're going to talk about the album. We're going to talk about the tour. The sort of you know where the headspace was for the bands. And you know, it's just not my bag. But you know, I I knew I was going to annoy some people by putting load as number nine. But like, I, I appreciate that. I I know when people come online, I do and so that. So, um, question three: What about your favorite member of the band? Oh, James. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be James, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just, just with, and especially with me getting in at '96, kind of seeing the whole trajectory where you know, still kind of riding high, and then everything that happened, kind of around, um, you know, the saying anger, anger session, some mm-hmm. kind of monster, and then see him coming back. It's just, it's really so good to see kind of the uh, the position that he's in right now. Mm, mm. Yeah, stronger than ever, isn't he? Oh and, yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, from just seeing him a few weeks ago, sounds fantastic, playing fantastic. Like, it's, yeah, makes me so happy to see that he's, you know, peaking uh, yet again. And the final question, a uh, little bit more of an unusual question. Uh, obviously, doing this podcast on Metallica, is there any podcast in a sort of parallel universe you could do on a band over the Metallica? What bands do you really know well, do you really love? Um, I My first thought would be either Trivium or Mastodon. Oh, good choices. I love both those bands. And, and, and I think part of it, especially now in their career, because they have right around seven, eight albums each. So it would be mm. enough to get some really good content, but not so much. I mean, even if you look at somebody like Motorhead, I think they have 22 oh, albums. Oh, they've got a lot of albums, so, yeah. Yeah, if, if you were going to do every single song, you would be it would be a big commitment. I mean, um, I, yeah, as I say, Adore by the Blood Mountain by Mastodon is, an, is a masterpiece in my eyes. I think I think it, that's an incredible. Like that's one of the most inventive guitar albums I've ever heard. Like it's just it, it's so brilliant. Oh yeah, no that and I'm I'm a big fan of um, Crack the Sky. Crack the and, Sky, but, yeah. But they're one of those bands where it really feels like they haven't made a, a truly like a bad album yet. No. You, you can find something good about every single album. And, and Trivium, out of interest, what's your favorite Trivium album? Uh, right now, I'm going to say In Waves. Mm. Um, I I really like the new album though. Um, it, and with and with what I've been seeing with their live shows, they've been having a lot of uh, sold out shows. So it seems like they're in a pretty good spot now as well. And they're obviously they're huge Metallica stands. Like they love Metall- Matt Heafy loves Metallica. Like oh for sure. And and, and it, it 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 does kind of feel like for them where each album kind of has its own personality, and 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 you would be able to kind of get some mileage out of okay, well this is a time where they decided to go screaming, this is a time where they decided to go singing, or you know this is the time that he blew out his voice and kind of had to change things around. So it definitely feels like there would be there would be some meat there. Mm, I remember um, it was like Download 07 or something like that um, in Donington when Metallica headlined and Met- Trivium playing and Kirk wore a Trivium shirt. Um, That's right. Like, yeah. yeah. Which was just fucking awesome. I, I don't know if this is going to put me as an outlier, Logan. I'm quite a big fan of the Crusade. I think that's a pretty good Trivium album. You know, they they I think they have some really good songs on there. I'm not crazy about um, oh, what is it like uh, like We Are the Fire. Oh no, that but... sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the anthem. Like, yeah, yeah, but like becoming the dragon and things like that. Yeah, entrance, I, I... entrance to the conflagration. That's yep. a crazy yeah, no, song. Yeah, no, th- I. If, if, when I'm making my Trivium playlist, I, I definitely have some songs from there on there as well. Tread the Floods as well. 
I always love. And that then what is it? Uh, to the rats. To the rats is crazy. Yeah, that's that's a fucking heavy. And the closing song, which is like an instrumental, the crusade, which is like oh, the really long one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember him saying in an interview, and it's so true. He was like, "It's an instrumental, but it's literally like riffs we had lying around that we made the song of, and it feels like that, but it's still quite good. Like it's, but um. Anyway, this is a Metallica podcast, but you know, maybe in the future. <laughs> yeah, I'd love. I'd love if there was a Mastodon and Trivium podcast. I'd love if they'd be out there, but um. Logan, as always, it's been a treat. Is there any, um, you know, projects, any things you'd like to promote or? No, no, just, uh, you know, just just doing my thing and enjoying all the podcasts. Oh, of course, man. Of course. Well, um, I want to say to everyone listening, uh, thank you for listening. Please support us on Patreon. Subscribe uh, to the channel. Follow us at MetallicaPod. Get in touch with me if you want to come on for a song. Um, you know, we got a lot of songs booked in, to be honest. Um, what have we got sort of... Um, what have we got available? Mm, not much, really. Pretty much anything from I Disappear onwards, which we wouldn't be recording until July next year. So we've pretty much got a uh, pretty chocolate block until then. But beyond then, you know, it's all free. So if you want to come on there, metallicapod.gmail.com. Comment below, share, all that good stuff. Uh, Logan, thank you again, man. This has been great. Yeah, my pleasure, man. Take care.